the Tessa Thompson human chair. First of all, she could do this at any party and get the exact same reaction. What's that on your screen? Some kind of program about a Westworld on TV. Well, it doesn't sound like anything to me. I'm Red Scott. And I'm Ivan Hernandez. And this doesn't sound like anything to me. The third best Westworld podcast that's going to transcend, baby. Just put this stamp on your tongue. Don't ask too much about it. Listen, the important thing that everybody realizes is that we are all just biological machines and free will With is free an will. illusion. Who were given free will by Tessa Thompson? What probability would you assign to the event that it turns out that William's first name is free? Given the writers, the history of the show, their wordplay, that at some point they're going to be like, you know what? His first name? Freedom. Did we ever get a last name for him? We know his name is William. His last name could be William, for all I know. Uh, do you think it's a Mario situation where his name is William <laughs> William? <laughs> this is season four, episode five of Westworld. Episode title, Zhuangzi. That's as close as I'm getting with my with my white mouth. <laughs> Your white mouth shouldn't even be touching these words. <laughs> episode description, God is bored. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe for a show like Westworld that they would just straight up put that in the yeah. episode description. I, I love that they've admitted that this narrative and setting is boring. Yeah, God is bored. Good luck. If you're unfamiliar, I looked it up. According to one Wpedia, Zhuangzi is one of the two foundational texts of Taoism, as well as the name of the author of that text. Its main themes are of spontaneity That's, and action. That, the balls on that man to name the the foundational text after himself. I'd be like, all right, I'm starting a religion. It's not named Ivanism, but one of the main texts is called Ivan. <laughs> yeah, and then people just call it Ivan. Like that's everybody just agrees with it. That'd be if the if like if the Bible was named Jesus. <laughs> It'd be a real power move. Mm-hmm. All right. We are going to get into this because I'm recording remotely and you're probably going to hear distant relatives yelling in the background. <laughs> so I want to compress this as much as possible. But before we can get into that, we need to know what happened previously on Westworld. To you and your path, wherever it leads, is actually how several of my relationships ended. <laughs> If there really is a weapon here, we need to find out, no matter how bad the loot drop tables are. I hate those 1 in 512. 1 in 512 drops. It's like, I'm going to be farming these fucking starmen forever. For the rest of your life. Yeah. You're beginning to see it now, aren't you? Well, actually, most people stopped seeing it at the end of last season. Uh, And finally... It's been 23 years since you died in that park, and they just came out with the defunct land episode about it. <laughs> and, that and, and that was the pre- fairly short previously on. Yeah, it was very brief this time. They fi- they're finally admitting that it's a very thin narrative. They're finally admitting there's not much meat on these bones in this season. I think they're admitting that they've set up everything that they need to for this season, and they're ready to get into what I would call a very substantial episode. Yeah. Uh, so. Not a better world. A perfect one. I do love the idea that uh, uh, they made human world for the hosts. It is. I mean. That is a good idea. That's a really good. I I give them a lot of shit, but (laughs) human world for the robots is very fun. It's. I mean, we were both 
on the way there, we had, we had realized that most of these people were actual humans that were being controlled yeah. by the narrative. But the idea that they actually have instituted like a game for yeah. the hosts. It's, it, it's a fun time. You just <laughs> hang out. You fuck whatever humans you want. As long as you don't break the merchandise. How likely are you, Ivan, to just be like, listen, I know this experience is meant for hosts, but just one time. <laughs> can you let me come in and play this game? I'll get the host. I, I, first get of all, I want to play that game just so that I can go into restaurants and, and pick food off of people's tables. <laughs> just <laughs> just walking into restaurants and just be like, freeze all motor functions. I mean, it's a buffet of whatever you want at any restaurant. Yeah. I, are you kidding? Do you know how many times I would just, I would just pick some fucking, uh, appetizers off of, uh, uh an, an outside table? I just walk and buy, you, you, you don't deserve that garlic bread. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. So this initial conversation, we're at a fancy restaurant. It is host William and somebody named Jack, which we only know from the subtitles. And this is a fun conversation. This is like, to me, some of the best of Westworld where they get into the actual, Th- philosophizing and a scene starts one way and then you realize it's another way towards the end of it um and the the conversation who cares if it's meritocratic if it's not actually fair come on this is the best and then the realization to have one of these people actually realize they're under the control of this human in front of them and that they don't have free will it's very satisfying uh, and don't you like the insanely slimy guy being like uh i earned this yeah, no, I worked my ass off. You actually believe that, don't you? That's my head Harris. <laughs> well, William is like, you've got to check your privilege. <laughs> Which I do admit the irony. There's nobody straighter, sister, or whiter than Ed Harris. As much as, like, at, when you're looking for things he uh, doesn't have an advantage of, I mean, follicle privilege is the only one he doesn't benefit <laughs> from. That's, that's about it. Every other one. If he, if he was a few inches shorter. Yeah. If he was a few inches shorter, he wouldn't have so much privilege. But the man's tall, white, and cis. He's yeah. got everything on a platter. <laughs> and just an incredibly beautiful, deep voice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, then what's my name, friend? Your claimed thespian Ed Harris. Uh, did you freeze up a little bit for a second? Did you realize that you as the viewer did not know who he was? Were you like, I... This is the episode where I realized we do not know William's last name. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, th- I, I presume that's, I'm realizing as we're saying it, that they're calling that out to the viewer. Hey, what's my last name? What? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. And it's like, first of all, a little eerie in the moment, but also there's the secondary thing of, of course, this show is telling you something. Like, what could his last name be that would result in another bit of fuckery that we haven't already oh, what, had. What's a, what revelation could it possibly be? You think we're going to get it? Uh, Delos doesn't make sense. That wouldn't be an impact or anything. You, <laughs> oh, you think his name, you think his last name's going to be Abernathy? I, I know his last name's not going to be Abernathy. If, if, okay. His last name has to be Abernathy. It has to be Abernathy. I mean, that would make his relationship with Dolores, uh, especially weird. <laughs> oh, it's not weird enough. No, it's, it's very, very weird. It's plenty weird. <laughs> Uh, wait here for me. Okay, but if acclaimed thespian right. Ed Harris was like, hey, let's wait to finish this conversation. Wouldn't you wait? Okay, I want you to imagine this situation. It's you and me sitting there. Acclaimed thespian Ed Harris has told us to wait for him to come back. We're sitting there. We know it's rude to eat when he's not there. And they've started tearing down the restaurant, but nobody has asked us to leave. Wouldn't you act exactly like these two humans, just trembling, just like, the food looks lovely. This is a test. We're being filmed. 
First of all, you absolutely know I wouldn't. You know I'd be diving into that shit. I'd be eating your food. <laughs> I'd be like, we, I'd be like, we have to wait. <laughs> you don't seem like you're enjoying that. <laughs> Can I have it? I'd be like, don't touch that. <laughs> Not until Ed Harris returns. Don't be rude. Don't embarrass me in front of my Ed Harris. <laughs> so we go to uh, uh, Angela Serafia comes in. She's like, hey, we, we need your admin privileges somewhere else. <laughs> and, and is it? So they go to the crime scene, right. and I got to say, did you notice that the SWAT car has a neon sign on it saying, hey, I'm a SWAT car? What does it say? It doesn't say, hey, it, I'm a SWAT car. It says, like, tactical response. It's like a neon rotating sign on a SWAT car that says, like, tactical response. <laughs> I, I, I do love this. What I love about this world is that it has the feeling of a science fiction world created in the 70s where they are operating under the delusion that everything will seem a little fake will seem a little creepy mm -hmm. and I, I it makes me nostalgic for science fiction past <laughs> so red i i gotta ask how do you treat the various npcs in your life do you murder them do you callously murder them or do you give them the best possible equipment? Make sure that their stats are all buffed at all times. Uh, I try and start conversations with them. Uh, I ask what their situation in life is. If I have resources, I try and distribute it to them. I talk oh, you to know them I'm about trying to fuck children. those NPCs. Uh, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to get those romanceable NPCs up in this business. I, I add the NPCs to my actual contacts list and make notes about them for future reference so that I can establish a relationship. I, I do not wantonly end these people's lives. <laughs> so we get a mention that she was scheduled to transcend. Yeah. So this is from this what is I am. I just want to set up. So we arrive at the building. Uh, yeah. There's carnage everywhere. And we get a woman named Hope, who clearly is a host who has killed all of these humans and is covered in blood. And as you were saying. Uh, so she is scheduled to transcend, which. From what I'm putting together throughout the course of this episode, uh, they have an entirely virtual recreation of the real world within the tower. So uh, I just assume putting that, together just from what Dolores yes. says in like the last scene. You don't think that's the the great beyond, the sublime? That's no, because they, they very famously do not have access to the sublime. Right. That's true. Yes, that's true. So I feel like. Uh, the, the, uh, Hale basically made a virtual version of the real world that she believes the host should exist in as, uh, actual computer, uh, disembodied programs. Right. Uh, while all of these hosts are struggling to give up the flesh. And we have no insight into what that world is made of. Yes. I mean, exactly. it's, it's the Matrix. So, they have superpowers. They're all flying. Wouldn't yeah. you be a little worried? About going into the virtual. World? About yeah. going into the virtual world and giving up your flesh? Especially if I was, as Hope is, two years old. Two years old. That's the thing. She's a baby. She's a real baby. I won the game, and all I got was more of this. Yeah, that's what New Game Plus is about. <laughs> you want more content, you download the DLC. That's going to cost you some extra coin. William basically ends up being the Sheriff of Hosts. I'm glad this episode we got a conversation between host William and real William, because I feel like host William is, is just obviously, you know what? Ed Harris is a good actor. That's what I'm trying to say. He's conveyed <laughs> Ed this Harris character. is a good actor. And you know, there's a lot of good actors in this show who yeah. are fucking 
struggling with this material. I love Ariana DeBose, but she's being given the worst dialogue uh, on this entire show. I am a little worried that we still haven't given her anything significant to do five episodes into this season. And she has to do something. Yes. You cannot give Oscar award winning no. actor Ariana DeBose a thankless role in your dumb genre project. Not unless they actually filmed this 10 years ago, which I suppose is possible. <laughs> They're just using. <laughs> do you think they definitely filmed this before she won the Oscar? Oh, like they just got her and it's a minor part because she wasn't significant. But and then they used her name. I mean, here's the thing. If an, if you get a, a, a good, like, supporting actor who hasn't won the Oscar yet, and then in post-production, they win the Oscar, you kind of got to bump them up, don't you? Yeah. I want, I wonder if she got a pay increase for that. Did, were they were like, hey, nah, we're nah, you. you know, they definitely negotiated it already. And she was like, <sighs> if I just waited a month, if I'd waited a month, <laughs> I could have gotten that Oscar pay bump. <laughs> So after the credit sequence, we, we go back to Christina waking up in bed. And yeah, at this point, Maya's just freaking me out. Like Maya's just obviously trapped inside of a shell. And every time mm-hmm. we see her, I just imagine little aliens going to bust through her stomach at any moment. Yeah. Uh, I, I would actually like to go back because you did skip oh, some stuff. What is it? Yeah. What is it? Uh, the, the care that goes into each and every one of them. So this is an idea that is actually very similar to the game Watch underscore Dogs okay. that Ubisoft came up with uh, a few years back where every NPC at least had a cursory backstory whenever you zoomed in on them. And it was it was such the most cursory. Ba- it was just like job doctor <laughs> likes celery <laughs> and that's it. But that was still an interesting idea that they actually tried to like algorithmically populate the entire world whereas here they're they're giving hand-spun narratives to each character although you could argue she's the ultimate algorithm yeah i mean there is a very weird aspect of we have dolores and what is she seated with like what is she creating these stories from if she has only existed in this artificial world Mm -hmm. i mean that Mm -hmm. that could be why you know I don't know. Maybe there's a term for compression causing generation loss, yep. causing generation problems loss, with like a, a a host creating stories, and everyone just seems a little less realistic, which would explain a lot of the eeriness you feel around the stories this season. Uh, there are no rules here. Classic open world game. Everything's spun until you hit the weird transparent border around the <laughs> entire thing. I, so talking about so when you were playing Watch Dogs. Did it add any, like, did you feel any worse about shooting him in the face? I didn't shoot fucking random NPCs in the face. You misunderstand how I play video games. Yeah. I love to color inside the lines. I don't break (laughs) anything at all. (laughs) Listen, I'm actually very nice to NPCs. If you are an enemy character, I will find the most grotesque ways to annihilate you. I will drop cars on you. I will fucking find a way to explode you from the inside by teleporting a car within you through cheat codes. I have no mercy for my enemies, but I love my friends. <laughs> have you been playing the kitty cat game? 
Uh-huh. Nah, I've been playing FF7. Uh, oh, I did play the kitty cat game. Yeah. I did play the the kitty cat game is fun. You'd actually enjoy it. It's like I an eight hour to. sci-fi game. Listen, yeah. any any game on the PS4 that stars a redheaded <laughs> protagonist, I'm all in on. <laughs> it is good ginger representation. Yeah. I'm going to play some Stray. Uh so we go back to the restaurant and I I got to say the most fucked up part is that they made the back of house staff wait. Oh, yes! Just sitting there the whole time. There's Just nothing. Just sta- standing in the background with masks. There's, it's like when you're, when you're hosting at a comedy show and somebody famous is headlining and they do like an hour and a half and the host still has to stick around to go on at the end of the night and be like, fill out your comments, oh, the guys. Staff, the poor wait staff. And the wait staff, like, obviously. We just need them to, I, we, we dropped the checks. Uh, 40 minutes ago <laughs> guys here's an industry secret everybody at a comedy club all of the wait staff that is their second do not job. want to be there that is their they second don't want job to i mean yeah. a lot of them are having a fun time and partying a little too hard uh but that is their second <laughs> uh, job they want to go a lot home. of them uh, uh, a lot of them have a third job in the kitchen where they might ask to sell you things it's that's a possibility not gonna not gonna mention any names yeah uh so uh, the, the the we go to Dolores who uh Christina who another thing I noticed she is one of those people who sleeps perfectly on one side of the bed which is so unbelievable I'm just like splayed out across the entire thing I'm doing like an X pose I'm T posing on my bed I'm taking up as much space as possible on that queen just man sleeping Mm-hmm. exactly exactly oh no listen if there's a woman there a woman sleeping with me i'm taking up a lot less space <laughs> there is such a like maya is keeping up this host in the city storyline where she's just like "Ooh, that date was good last night glad somebody had a good night somebody stayed out a little oh, late oh my god you got fucked hard you got cleaned out didn't you <laughs> i did like when they cut back to maya and she was just like humping the recliner <laughs> no, it's not like that we just talked i do not fuck <laughs> i've never had sex before <laughs> oh also that li- that line they gave fucking poor ariana devose i am glad to be awake and in the real world no she's not <laughs> she is none of those things no, she is not. fully a matrix battery right now <laughs> okay fucking sometimes the things that feel the most real are just stories what no, it's fine. What is the perfect response to that? Just, just go with the what. Just go with the what. Yeah. The, you don't need anything more than that. It's also very, it's like, it's very strange that you have all of these humans who are infected, but somehow it seems like what information makes it back to hell seems very, yeah. in, in, I don't know. It's, it doesn't always go through to her. Sometimes it does. And I don't have a very, and, and it seems like, a lot of events just have video of it. And it's like, if you're videotaping everything, you should know what's going on. The the thing about fucking this world that is completely supposed to be completely dominated by this one robot intelligence. Yeah. She is not doing a good job of OPSEC. No. I mean, I think if, if that- you give me the entire island of Manhattan to run as basically a human gulag full of robots. Yeah. Buddy. I'm covering that shit with drones. <laughs> Every inch is covered with drones. That was my problem with the infiltration and escape scene. 
they should have just been mobbed and killed immediately. Yeah. It should have been like the end of Matrix, uh, uh, the, the, the fucking, uh, new Matrix movie where the, the streets of San Francisco are filled with people chasing them. But unfortunately, uh, I don't think Westworld can afford the, uh, fucking giant CGI people wave, uh, uh, tech and or they did not want to get enough people in one place because of COVID. Well, also, did you notice they roll in on like a $15 million cigarette boat? Yeah. With yeah. no other boats in the bay. Like it was just no them. Boats. I think yeah. literally every person be like, hey, what is that only boat in the bay <laughs> driving? And then I would City. have immediately had them destroyed by a high powered drone. I've, honestly, just a missile coming out of nowhere. <laughs> Exactly. No, you know what? Depth charges. Oh, that I I fill the Hudson with depth charges. I mean, given the fact that there are no other ships in there, why not? Just yeah. <laughs> explosion. Yeah, exactly. Uh so we go to uh the, uh Christina's work and it it actually makes more sense now that the narratives are so thin considering that they're just supposed to be uh uh uh, cycles that these human char- uh, characters are not supposed to escape from. Right. It's like, oh, okay, of course they don't have actual plots and just backstory. They're not supposed to have uh, actual plots. Those are reserved for main characters. It is very satisfying, just narratively, to have the humans on a loop. Uh, from a, from and- a science fiction perspective, I, I have some issues with it, but narratively, it's just like, and then we put them on their little loops. Doesn't it remind you of your reality? And it kind of does. <laughs> and, and what is this girl's name? Uh, shit, I'm not good at coming up with names. Uh, Beloris Babernathy. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think when they went to cast, they were like, we need the finest actors to play roles like Emmett to seem like they're acting badly because they're thinly captured I, hosts. Or did they just find somebody off the street and be like, hey, you want to be in an HBO TV show? I don't know. There are so many performances this season where I'm like, this person is either acting with intention or not a good actor. Right. It feels very like early Twin Peaks where you're like, why is everybody so wooden? <laughs> well, it was, uh, well, to be fair, some of those characters were wood. Yeah. <laughs> that log lady was, that, that log that that log lady was carrying was wood. It was 100% wood. I do, I do concede that. <laughs> uh, so fucking James Marsden calls her up and is like, say something came up, personal situation. And she's like, uh, sorry, boss, I gotta get fucked. <laughs> well, also, so something that didn't make sense at the time, but it does by the end of the episode is when she's pitching Dolores or Abernathy, she has everything she could imagine. A pond to paint at, a good guy. She, but she can see something's wrong with this world. And it's her fault. And at first I was like, okay, Dolores, Dolores, Dolores. And I was like, how is it her fault? That doesn't make any sense. But of course, we realize now that the storylines of this world are the result of of Christina, Dolores, whatever we yeah. want to call this robot consciousness. Yeah. Uh, so we go to uh, the, this scene. This scene is a lot of fun. Charlotte Hale. Just making a fucking street side keyboard player's fingers bleed. Yeah. And honestly, if you give them enough dollars, they'll just keep going. I definitely got flashbacks to like the idea of dance marathons where like people would have to dance the mm-hmm. longest and then they'd win some sort of prize. Yeah. We all watched that Always Sunny episode. Yeah. Or the, yeah, there's, there's a indie documentary that came out in the 90s that's like hand on a hard body. 
about hands on a hard body. One yeah. of the greatest documentaries ever made. Yeah, it just gives me that vibe. It's like, except there's no prize at the end. They're just all being tortured. <laughs> so uh, there should be dancing. Me at any comedy <laughs> party from 2010 to 2015. <laughs> really? You're trying to invoke dancing? I love dancing. You know I love to dance. I, I don't think I knew that. You didn't know that I love to get down? Well, I, obviously you don't know that. I don't. Yeah, you never read it up. When me. have you ever gotten down? Not when was rarely. the last time you got? Da- when was the last time you broke it down hardcore on the floor? In the year 2012, I got married and <laughs> I was moved to dance. I think that was the last the last time that happened. Okay. Is the hail ice sculpture followed by <laughs> I've seen better and smashing it on the ground. Not amazing. It's very, very good. There's a lot that's fun with this scene. Also, I'm pretty sure I saw this scene when it was filming. This is because yeah. this was on the street. I saw it from the High Line in that exact spot. There were a bunch of extras and people were staring down from the High Line. And I was just like, get out of my way. I'm trying to do my warning morning walk for my mental health. Uh, I, I saw paparazzi shots of this scene uh-huh. and... In those paparazzi shots, all of the uh, background actors had masks on them. Mm. Uh, and I I don't know if they took them off to actually film and those were just rehearsals or digital mouths. Right, which is always very ironic in a TV show involving digital people. Yeah, exactly. How many fake, ma- how many fake lips do you think we saw in this show? And then I feel like the visual set piece of the episode, the chair she ordered from Wayfair. Ha! We will get to human share because whew, human share. But when she said something with a little more pep in it and the guy started playing Perfect Day by Lou Reed, yeah. I was like, she said pep, not heroin. <laughs> yeah, it's not the peppiest. I mean, it sounded peppy when she it sounded played peppy it. with that version. Uh, also, when she starts talking about God's music, there is actually a lot of research about how people are affected by subsonic frequencies mm-hmm. uh, uh, mentally uh, as well as physically. Uh, there, I, I believe that there was a, a, a like a, a Norwegian town where they're like church sat on top of like a, 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 a well that was causing weird acoustics that caused the town to go fucking uh, nutso in like the, the 1600s or some shit. And, and also, as every single one of us has to be aware, the brown note. Oh, of course. <laughs> Honestly, everybody I, knows about the brown note. That's where I thought this was going from the beginning. I'm surprised there was <laughs> anything else to this. <laughs> Listen, I didn't want to go immediately to shitting yourself. No, you never do. I mean, there's a, there's actually a thing about, I have no idea if this is true, by the way, but I've seen people talk about like the high frequencies. Like you can't, if you're like, is there a tone? You'll be like, no, but it, it affects people. And so like MP3s to, to save space, they like cut off you know, at a certain high frequency. And so a lot of audiophiles are like, no, you need, you need those high frequencies for the feels. <laughs> you need that lossless compression. Exactly. Loss. Yeah. You need it. So chair, chair. <laughs> the Tessa Thompson human chair. First of all, I have to say she could do this at any party and get the exact same reaction. If Tessa Thompson yelled out chair, I would be dashing towards her to do a fucking uh, a flip and roll into a sitting position for her to uh, get on top of me. And it'd be way more than three people. It'd be a full uh, Paul the Diamond guy. Like, Oh, no, are you people. kidding? She's getting a sectional. Yeah. <laughs> a chase on either side. Yeah. She's like sofa. <laughs> I I really enjoyed it. I I, I just want to see every take where you just see the actors getting more and more tired of having to do this. Uh, 
I I actually, if you watch the behind the scenes, they do go into it, and Tessa Tessa looked like she was having a great time with those extras. Well, I mean, one thing you notice is like clearly, you know, they they rehearsed it several times, but she like was making some effort to look like relaxed. Yeah, on on the human chair as opposed to just like sitting on it like a schoolboy, like I would have as a terrible actor. Like no, <laughs> she she's a luxuriant god. She's she's going to find a way to be comfortable on this human chair, not just use. Also, it as a I prop. love that they got like three androgynous people. Yeah, yeah, they pretty yeah, much nailed it. That's yeah. a good human chair. <laughs> the problem is, God is bored. I am sort of fascinated by this conception of this, you know, host malevolent host ruling over humanity and then just actually succumbing to boredom to indifference a lack of motivation that's because she finished the main campaign that she finished the main campaign she finished all the side quests yeah now all she has are are the little like fun little scenes where it's like oh i can play a little mini game yeah (laughs) yeah she's trying to get persephone and orpheus back together is that their names? I think I got their names wrong. Uh, Hades? Are you playing Hades a yeah, lot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what, what were the names? I'm blanking on them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so, so the tower... By the way, I, I can't decide... Buddy? What? Buddy? Do you think this is why the old gods did what they did? I haven't gotten to do this in a while! The the old gods, you say? Cthulhu? <laughs> Shubnigroth? Nyarlathotep? The Black Goat of the Woods? <laughs> With a thousand young, I think we might getting a dag on in there. <laughs> I completely missed that. Look, sometimes you got to bring the old bits back. So we have the two riot control robots guarding the tower. They still look cartoonish. Uh, ex- excuse me. Ex- uh, I thought that. Uh, I thought they would put them away like a child casting away their toys. A lot of people said this about me and video games, <laughs> but look where I am now playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, yeah, that's uh, play new games. Play the kid again. Now, uh, okay, I did not play Final Fantasy VII originally, and Final Fantasy VII Remake is this insane project where they're basically doing a sequel slash remake of oh. it at the same time. It's crazy so like the force awakens or like the 2009 star trek yes like every piece of media they're doing now it is like the 2009 star trek it is it is both it's let me guess it takes place in another timeline it's both a sequel oh i haven't actually gotten i haven't actually gotten to how it is a sequel but it is definitely a sequel nobody has made the film industry more money than brian green the scientist who brought the concept of multiverses to popularity Ha! That guy, oh, that guy should be getting royalties. That from guy should be getting a solid piece of the gross revenue of everything Disney has made. Uh, the humans are infecting us with free will. With free William? I, I, it's also, I don't know. I'm very curious to see where this goes because right now I find the idea of just the humans saying just something random to the hosts and having them go off their rockers just very weird like unless it's a little stupid yeah because if it's something that's just purely psychological it's like they make the host think for the first time like empathy they're giving the robots empathy incel host william has a woman put her head on his shoulder and he's just like oh no i need to end it all (laughs) it's ridiculous Uh, 
so I gotta say, the fact that the, the, the we, we get the, the outliers backstory and the fact that they are giving people just kind of basically shitty lives to make them unaware of their uh, real existence. Yeah, that's capitalism. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this it's is just capitalism. I mean, I, yeah. I think I get what you're going for television. It's, show. it's, it's a very, it's a very easy metaphor. It's capitalism. I got it. Got it in yeah. one. Yeah. Is this at least real? It's a collectible. If you get five more of them, you get an extra life. <laughs> I, I, so this is the guy. By the way, I don't know if you noticed that that guy was the the homeless man we saw in the first episode who was like mm-hmm. ranting to himself about the tower. Mm-hmm. Uh, Why do they terminate themselves? They looked at the ratings. <laughs> <laughs> Too real. Too real. I haven't looked at the ratings for the the. I haven't looked at the updated ratings yet, but they they, they got to be bad. They got to be. I've bad. decided that Charlotte Hale is basically the Brian Cox character in Succession. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. You think that HBO just has a plurality of Succession types around? No, that's exactly right. She's like the God is born. Like he's already done everything that can be done. He looks around. He's like, none of these people can do what I do, and everything they're doing is shit compared to what I'm able to put down. Yeah, he's definitely she, she's definitely a Brian Cox succession type. All right, Red mm-hmm. Buddy, Episode Three, mm. and a fillet, point three one. <laughs> oh no! Ep- episode Four, Generation Loss. I want you to guess. <sighs> um. I mean, I can see the glee on your face, so I know it's really low oh. or really high. No, 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 no. No, this is actually interesting. 0. 0.35? 0. 0.31 again! Oh! Holding perfectly! I think this show should go to an AA meeting, because it's hit bottom. <laughs> Do you think this is the floor? Do you think that they have reached the the absolute floor of 310,000 people who still care enough about Westworld to the, watch it on HBO? The chatter I'm seeing about the show is positive. Is there almost <laughs> none of it? Yes. But, <laughs> but the chatter that I'm seeing is positive. There's, ve- there's very little of it, but it's all good. It's all good. And I feel like slowly people are going to be like, really? And pick up a few more viewers. I feel like it's going <laughs> to gonna trend upward. I feel good about this. I'm, I'm, I'm still saying that... That the that that magical fifth season is going to find itself becoming an original movie very quickly. I think it's going to be amazing when the fifth season comes around and it's made entirely with machinima. <laughs> Do you think that's going to be the first series made entirely in Dali? <laughs> the, the first series entirely made uh, in the Halo Two universe, in the Halo Forge build. <laughs> Halo map maker. Uh, Honestly, I'm still waiting for that StarCraft map editor to really hit it in Hollywood. (laughs) We'll find a way. Uh, With all these gifts, you do nothing but disappoint me. She negged him into ruining her plans. It's it's very mean. Yeah. Uh, And and I'll shoot on sight. Why don't any of these fucking robots do what they're go- say they're going to do? Why don't they just get a high-powered sniper rifle? Maeve yes. was the only one who yes. had it right. Yeah, I mean, listen, Human William would have done this correctly. He wouldn't talk to any dumb humans. He knows what's going on. Exactly. Well, so also, what do you make of they they clearly are invoking when Charlotte Hale is like cutting herself and it's bleeding and she says, "Look what you made me do." That's classic abuser language. Like, almost, uh-huh. literally exactly. textbook to the extent that I'm just like, what 
angle are they taking on this character? Like that, that seems like a weird way to go for Charlotte. Hale. She's abusive in the workplace and she needs to be canceled. I, yeah. Yeah. You, you don't get to be the head. Of, what if that was what took her down? There's this Twitter campaign, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Stubbs leads it. Tweet, fucking tweet. Tweet. Dude, if, I mean, honestly, more than the ratings, if tweet, fucking tweet doesn't become the meme of the year, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know what we're doing. I'm going to, like, I looked, I couldn't find anybody who'd made the GIF yet, which is insane to me. Like, I'm, anytime somebody posts something insane where they should have put their phone down, I'm quote retweet tweeting that with a with tweet fucking tweet. <laughs> that is that is perfect. Perfect reaction image. We really got to see more Hemsworth in this. I enjoy him a lot. So the whole invading the city sequence seems so dumb because of the aforementioned reasons that a fucking New York ruled by a robot, which by the way, arguably it is right now. Yeah. Uh, New York ruled by a robot should be fucking impenetrable. Uh, a robot based in New Jersey. Keep in mind. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Eric Adams story. Put to film. This is incredible. <laughs> uh, what is my role? Am I a tank DPS or healer? <laughs> I, so this is, you're talking to, this was the Teddy and Christina scene? No, this is Stubbs. Oh, right. This is Stubbs. This, okay. So we're still at the Canary coal mine. Yeah. Uh, and breach means break their loops, which yeah. shows me that there's not enough women on writing staff. <laughs> and. So they show the Statue of Liberty. One thing that I am not quite clear about, I think I think the tower's in New Jersey, but for a second I was like, oh, before this episode I, aired, for symbolism, I was like, is it in the location of the Statue of Liberty? Because that'd be, you know, an interesting idea that it feels like Westworld would go for. But then they actually, just before the Teddy and Christina scene, they briefly show the Statue of Liberty. Uh, so that makes me think it is actually towards New Jersey or on. Yeah, is Island. it on the Queens side or is it on the New Jersey side? I'm pretty sure it's on the New Jersey direction, but it could also be on Governor's Island. Yeah, it could have yeah, just taken over. Governor's I Island. feel like I feel like they have done what a lot of uh, fake uh, uh, things set in New York do, which yeah. is just put it right between Queens where that Governor's Island is. So that's what they did in the Spider-Man I, game. And there's just a giant prison between uh, Queens and New York. And it's like. Yeah, I'm sure Eric would love that. So they show them standing on the tower looking at the skyline. And so I did get curious about this. And mm -hmm. I pulled up a map and I dropped Street View on the Statue of Liberty and then looked at the skyline towards the city. And it matches up pretty closely. Which So it's definitely on the Queen side. But again, we saw the Statue of Liberty separately. So I yeah. guess it's not... Yeah. You know what we need to do? We need to boot up Microsoft Flight Simulator and go for a ride. <laughs> I mean, there is... I hesitate to say this because I don't think they're doing this, but it's possible that the no, I'm, I'm not even gonna say this. This is too dumb. I was I was gonna yeah. say that maybe you think there's gonna be two towers, or I was gonna say there's another timeline. But <laughs> if they shoved mm. another timeline into this, I would be like, nah, you're you're breaking my suspension of disbelief here. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We go back to Christina and Teddy. Uh, uh, who I am is. Scott Summers. <laughs> He's really good in the X-Men movies. Man. He was so good as fucking Cyclops in the X-Men movies. I didn't really know who James Marston was at the time, and I had forgotten that he was Scott Summers until right now. He really was. Did you he has been a he has been 
a a um a decent Hollywood actor yes. for like 30, 30 something years at this point. I mean, if not more. It's so weird because he's like still like he's just, handsome. He's just he's not, still handsome. In, in like a way where you're like, he's not like 50 fucking years old, but he's like 50 fucking years old. And he's also a, he's, he's completely off of social media. So he does yeah. have that like old school last gen movie star style but, thing. But you know what? Still just like I an, only respect move. I only respect actors who aren't on social media, but he just, he was just never really a leading man in a way that I feel like his face suggests he should be. Yeah, exactly. You're like, he's so handsome. He yeah. should be the star. But I mean, but, but I feel like at this point in his life, that's to his credit where I'm just like, it'd be way better being James Marsden than like, I, I can't think of a major name that doesn't have a scandal attached to it, but like Leo or exactly Tom Cruise or whatever. Exactly. I would rather be James Marsden and be like, hey, I'm Sonic's dad <laughs> than be like any other actor. Right. He's, he's delightful. Love him. Yeah. Love him in this. How do you feel about his portrayal as a very different Teddy versus the Teddy we knew I, in seasons one fucking, and two? It, the way they're acting is just so weird. It, it has zero. Ke- For some reason, anytime a character starts interacting with Christina, their chemistry goes away immediately. Right. I mean, are we going to find out, as has happened many times, that Teddy is actually a plant put there by Hale? Ah, who knows? I suspect not. But wheels within wheels, baby. Yep. Your mind has been so conditioned to this place. All right. If I'm ever trapped in some sort of uh, fantasy or computer world, just fucking snap me out cold raw dog. Just fucking pull me out. Just pull the jet. Don't even hit safely eject USB. Just pull that shit right out of my neck. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then we also get, I mean, there's just so many shots of the Highline. I I was wondering why I wasn't allowed to walk on the Highline so many days in the past (laughs) year. Now I understand. Uh, So this scene with the two women is so weird. Do they look happy, fulfilled? Let women read on the high line. Yeah, they're fine. Also, that's one of the great places to sit and chill and stare at Little Island, which I'm shocked is not in this show, actually. Um, no. but do you think that they filmed it before it opened? No, no, you would know when they filmed it. Yeah, they, they, it was after that. It was definitely after yeah. it opened, but I guess it was just too crowded. Who knows? Put them together. Now take them apart. And one of them just goes, what? <laughs> what what did you say yeah and then they go back to reading their own books no no what no one of them goes what and then walks away angrily yes i i wanted i do want to know what she thinks the other one what did she say what did she say nothing what got her canceled yeah i don't know i don't know i I see this happen on the highline once a week though this is definitely a believable scene the infiltration team is still is, is getting in there and and again five seconds they should have been annihilated yeah, the people should have masked on them and killed them. I mean, the only thing I'm thinking is that the the humans who are infected are not like relaying information via network. Like they're be- yeah. able to control by the sound, the subsonic sounds, but they are not reporting back information. I guess, which gives it some concept of believability. I do any scene in a movie where a huge crowd of people just stops moving. I don't care how many times I see it; it's always satisfying. Do you, do you imagine that they have a bunch of actors on standby who's like special skills? Yeah. Standing perfectly <laughs> in place. <laughs> they all at one point were done by the pier as like a robot guy who stood on a box where you give him, <laughs> give him money and he starts dancing. 
<laughs> they had to take so much silver paint off of these actors before they got to work. <laughs> Which I think literally somebody on Thirty Rock. Oh, that was that wasn't James Marsden's character. It was it was the <laughs> other character who played one of those for a while. Yeah. Uh. So uh. The. Ed Harris fucking finds this woman and she just, I, I gotta say, maybe it's just the amount of uh, respect and fear for that man that I have, but I would never put my head on Ed Harris's shoulder. Absolutely not. Also, if I was an outlier, I would not simply stand on a roof. <laughs> do, 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 I, I, you think you're just standing on one, like one story? I'm not going to stand on a roof and stare at the death machine that's trying to kill me. <laughs> I would, I would be so, at least just go one floor down, look out the window longingly. Yeah. Uh, uh, right before, uh, Ed Harris can shoot this lady, uh, fucking Daniel Wu fills him with machine gun bullets. And this is just me and how I play video games. Yeah. Daniel Wu is like, oh, we, we gotta go. That won't stop him. I would have simply grabbed his body and thrown it off the roof. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a good plan. Yeah, exactly. Or like, exactly. You throw, you know, it's not going to kill him because he's a fucking robot and they'll just make another one. But how satisfying. Or steal his Rancor. Uh, yeah, I feel like she could have just printed another one though. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You can always make more Williams. Yeah. She has yeah, the But still, how satisfying would it be to throw Ed Harris off of a roof? I, to throw Ed Harris's <laughs> limp body off of a roof. I'm sending this audio to him. <laughs> Ed I'm telling you right now, I love you and respect you as an actor. You're an acclaimed thespian. If I got the opportunity to throw your limp body off of a roof, I'm starting to do squats. I'm I'm lifting from the knees, baby. I am really enjoying Daniel Wu's performances, Jay. He's not getting a ton of screen time, but his energy on the screen, I'm like, this guy rules. I just want to follow more of him and joining the Rebel Alliance. <laughs> Uh, so we go to, uh, Christina having her lunch with Tessa Thompson Yeah, and fucking, again, zero chemistry no. between them. For some reason, she's just, uh, an absolute dampener of any chemistry between two characters. Also, she does one of the things I hate the most where, like, a character asks another character a question and they, like, don't say anything. They just, like, make a noise. She literally just, like, scoffs. And, and of course, the subtitles say scoffs. Yeah. And it's like, you didn't answer. You didn't no. answer the question. When somebody asks you something, you can't scoff at them. Yeah, answer the Red, question. When have I ever scoffed at you <coughs> without following it with a string of expletives? <laughs> yeah, you don't. End I there. give the scoffs context. Right. I know exactly why you are scoffing. <laughs> so you deserve to be happy is interesting to me because I think despite everything, she sincerely does feel some affection for this like her progenitor, at least. I'm still trying to suss out exactly what Christina is, but I feel like she just, like, grabbed Dolores's fucking limp body at the end of season three and reanimated her and is, like, actually feels some affection for this creature. Yeah, I mean, my understanding is Dolores only exists in this world because of Charlotte Hale. So yeah. whether or not Dolores is going off the rails, it's not like Charlotte Hale has no idea what's happening with her. She's very aware that this person is creating all of the narratives in the park. Their relationship, I definitely don't understand. I'm actually kind of surprised that Hale is so, like, threatening by default. Doesn't fall a little more into the role. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've only been out once, but he seems really great. Get ready for the ghosting! Remember, anytime a friend is subtly extorting you for gossip, 
they're trying to control your narrative. That is something <laughs> n- never dish, never dish when somebody says dish girl. <laughs> uh, so Christina goes back to Olympiad and she, she looks up Charlotte Hale. And this is also something I do, which is, uh, frequently look up my friends to see if they're on wikis. <laughs> Are you on a wiki? I, I don't do you have so. a, do you, good. I don't want to, I don't want to open your wiki and see that you have, you're, you're a product of nepotism. I mean, I'm on the, you're Bo- one of those famous podcast babies. <laughs> I'm on the Boris Coin Swords wikia, which, if, which, which <laughs> that doesn't count. That doesn't count. <laughs> Custom wikis don't count. Have you ever questioned the nature of your reality? I'll admit it gave me a tingle. I'll admit <laughs> when he started reading Bernard's lines from the first season, I was like, ooh. Uh, so I, so I gotta say, when they dropped it the second time, I was like, you shouldn't have dropped it the first time if you were going to drop it a second time. Now the second time's effort is dulled. I don't know if that's your concern. I really appreciated that response. <laughs> Just a fun, like he's using the language of these, you know, the be, the behavior department who we see, sort of see is all powerful over the host. And seeing her interact with him like it's a coworker asking for too much information is great. I just enjoyed that. Uh, Emmett backed away. And then he gave Christina a huge raise. <laughs> I know. I was, I do want, it's so cheap. It's shallow. It wouldn't make any sense. But part of me wanted her to start doing the like professional wish fulfillment, like sort of <laughs> montage of just by like, he gave her the corner office and promised somebody to bring her nuts every day. <laughs> you, you said there's a walled garden, a closed ecosystem. Well, look, if you sideload apps, you have a lot more freedom, but then you have to jailbreak it. And, you know, it's a lot of effort. I know those apps never auto-update. And at that point, you're basically a system administrator for your phone. Who wants to do that? <laughs> uh, so I got to I got to say. I do appreciate what this scene where she suddenly realizes that there's a door the entire time because there have been so many times where I was like, I did not know that was a door in, in a video game until it gave me the triangle button context, uh, clue to open it. Yeah. Yeah. This is the glory of 4K. I've doors look more door like. <laughs> exactly. And, and of course it calls back to Bernard not being able to see the door in season one when he's in mm-hmm. the cabin of Ford's. Uh, so she goes into the room and she goes, access my narratives. And she's real fucked up about playing The Sims. Right, yeah. Look, you just have to have no mercy. You put them in a room that doesn't have a door. She's like, my God, 50% of them shit themselves to death. <laughs> That's good odds for a Sim. Only 50%? <laughs> also, I love that the first guy she looked up is like, Sex addiction. The computer gave this guy a chafed dick. <laughs> I would have loved if his name was like Colin Farrell. <laughs> so I, 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 I gotta say, it is very realistic that the computer just gives them like lives that are bad, but not like terribly so. Right. They're just it's, like lives are just like regular bad. Right. You have to give them just like something that sucks or you're going to be like, I'm in a machine. I'm the thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Instead, they're just like, I have student loans. Was that, was it the Matrix where they were like the first, initially they programmed it to be heaven and they were just uh, like, yeah, this they isn't did, real. There's, there's the heaven Matrix, which didn't work. And then there's the hell Matrix, mm. which was full of like vampires and werewolves. <laughs> so basically it was fanfic. Yes, exactly. Matrix. I, I fucking it was so stupid. And also in Matrix Reloaded, the 
That's why the characters are ghosts. And that's why the, if you actually in the Merovingians mansion, there, <laughs> there are characters who are vampires and you can tell because they're watching a Dracula movie on a TV. <laughs> It's so fucking stupid. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so, 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 Delo- uh, Christina is just like, this world is just a story. And I'm the dungeon master. Roll die. <laughs> I mean, one, so of course we realized that Peter, who was like, you created the story, blah, blah, blah. We know that's real. But also, it seems weird that people are able to figure out that she's the one creating these narratives. Like, how, why, yeah, they- where does it, 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 because uh, uh, that, that again begs the question how do they know if there's no feedback right because uh, it's it presumably it's just going into the minds of these people and not coming out or like where's the, uh, i mean we, we wait and we'll probably well they'll probably add another light to this they'll probably they, they, do you think that, do you think lisa joy and jonathan nolan are gonna listen to this podcast and suddenly rush a scene into the <laughs> next episode i think that's very unlikely as you mentioned they're working on their series on prime video fallout that fallout actually has begun filming and ah i fucking the last the last few bits of westworld they've given me a lot of pause but again walton goggins as a ghoul, as a fallout ghoul. Yes. Is amazing casting. I, I love it. It's, I think it's going to be a fun. I love all the stuff they're creating. I'm also holding out. I still think the five season arc of Westworld is going to be amazing. It's going to be like the yeah. wire. People are going to start rediscovering it and arguing about what the best season is. You mean four seasons in a movie? No, it's, it's going to be four five seasons, seasons in a movie. It's going to be five seasons, <laughs> at, at least in Machinima. <laughs> uh, so the, they kept William on ice, which I believe makes him the only human character still alive from seasons one through three. So, yeah, you're right. He is. Yeah. I'm William is the only human in. character because Frankie was introduced in season four. Uh, I, unless we get, you know, fucking Lutz and the other guy showing up in old age makeup. <laughs> uh, fucking, I believe all of our other human characters are dead. That sounds, that sounds right to me. I think that's correct. Which yeah. is kind of wild. Yeah. They, they killed every member of their human cast except, uh, Ed Harris. And so we get, we get to the end. Yeah. We get the yeah, conversation. So wh- Very satisfying conversation. What am I? Your acclaimed thespian Ed Harris. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see actual Ed Harris say that to host Ed Harris. That'd be very, very amusing to me. Also. There's only like two shots in this scene where they're actually on screen at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that makes sense. I I that that's the thing. I'm just like, guys, you are too much of a prestige HBO production to do the guy in the foreground who's obviously not Ed Harris, whose face we're not seeing when Ed Harris is talking in the background. <laughs> I mean, I think host Ed Harris and Real Ed Harris, both. Like, you just don't want him to get COVID, so you can't have him too close together. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. He's a fairly old man. He is a fairly old man at this point. Uh, Maybe it's time you question the nature of your reality. If somebody else hadn't said it five minutes beforehand, <laughs> this is like when you're doing a when you do at a comedy show and you've got a really good joke, but it's the same subject as somebody that went up before you. You just gotta like, let it go. You just gotta My joke would have been so much better if this person hadn't gone up. Right. Just do a different joke. <laughs> uh, 
So we go back to Christina and, and Teddy and, uh, fucking, uh, Teddy is like, Hey, you see that tower? You see the tower? You see the tower? Christina, uh, says that there is a perfect reflection of all of us and the entire world contained within. So I'm assuming that that is where they have their virtual environment that is supposed to be, you know, uh, Dolores Hale's version of, uh, the sublime. Yeah. And who built this? Who did this to me? And Teddy says to Dolores, I fucking, I literally screamed, you did the second before <laughs> he said it. That's how easy it is to predict the dialogue in the show. I mean, yeah, they, they are hosts. They're not actual yeah. humans. I, I did want one shot of right after he says, you did. I did want Christina to go, what? <laughs> uh, huh? Me? All right. That has been this week's episode. I have to edit this very quickly this week. <laughs> this is season four, episode five, Zhuangzi. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, I will be back in my studio next week. So if you heard people yelling in the background or a weird AC, I apologize for that. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Borscore Swords. You can find Ivan on Twitter at Ivan underscore Hernandez. And you can find Red on Twitter at Red underscore Scott. Bye. See ya.